0: Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host of Mission Go. It's Remembrance Day in Canada on the 11th. We're so thankful for all the veterans and all the people that have served in the armed forces. Today our scripture reading is taken from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. This verse tells us that we need to pray for everyone. We need to especially pray for our national leaders, our political leaders, but also it says for all men. We need to have supplications. We need to ask God to help us. We need to praise the Lord. We need to give thanks to the Lord for all his blessings and benefits. And we need to remember those who are helpless and hopeless that they would come to faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I trust that this week will be a special week in all of our lives as we pray, not only for our veterans, but also for our political leaders and for those who need the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sometimes praise the Lord, sometimes gently singing, our hearts in one accord,
1: sometimes Hallelujah. sometimes praise
0: This radio edition of Global Times today we have in our studios some our wonderful missionaries uh, from India. They've been with Global Outreach Mission over 18 years. We have Asher and Miriam. Their son Sam are in our studio today. And Miriam has uh, quite, a, quite a ministry with sewing machines, but I think Asher is the one that's gonna tell us about it because he speaks English a little bit better. So Asher, why don't you tell us about how the sewing machine ministry got started by uh, Miriam
2: there? As we carry on the gospel preaching, we have seen the destitute women, especially from Dalit and the gypsy villages, they are more of workaholic, looking for the daily wages work. And we came with a plan, and we prayed to God uh, if we can open uh, sewing centers for these destitute ladies. We announced it in a particular village that we are going to have a sewing center, free sewing center for the ladies. And uh, there was 15 ladies uh, we recruited, and every day three hours, Miriam uh, given training to them uh, during which time she also was able to preach the gospel to them and we announced to them that by faith we will give each lady a sewing machine end of the program and we were able to do it Uh, the global outreach mission office have sent uh, 15 machines uh, support we bought those machines and we have given them with a certificate we have seen the outcome of that, a great testimony went into that region. Uh, in the in their inly, in-laws families, they were able to be a testimony where that was a downtrodden people, those who need to work as a daily work, daily wages workers, but uh, here is the, the lady sitting with a sewing machine and it, stitching the clothes for others and getting earning to live on and that I have given a boasting in that particular lady's life where they can have a good reputation in the in-laws family and uh, especially the girls the ladies were able to earn a little bit through through the sewing centers and uh, they got the sewing machine and they they came to know the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior through the centers, we mean to say it is a, a great ministry to reach out these destitute women with the gospel through the way of sewing centers.
0: And you were also sharing with me that um, even single ladies who go through this program and upon graduation get their sewing machine are able to have a, a better marriage. They were able to uh, leverage the fact that they have skills which uh, would reduce the dowry that uh, their family might have to pay and also allows them the fact that they could marry someone maybe in a higher caste because they have uh, skills and so it helps them economically in the future but the greatest thing about this is that the people that come through the the sewing centers not only get some skills but they find the lord jesus and they become witnesses for him
2: we right now miriam also holding the uh sewing center and after we go to India we may have to give sewing machines about 12 machines we need it in a month of June we pray that the Lord may provide so that we can give to them and bless them with a sewing machine.
0: Yeah and I think the sewing machines only cost about 75 dollars is that not correct? Yes. Yeah, and so we can uh, purchase them and uh, help these poor ladies work their way out of poverty. It's a real blessing to be able to do that and share the gospel at the same time. And God has uh, blessed this this ministry in a mighty way. And I'm so thankful for the, for the privilege that Global had to help supply some of these sewing machines. So the Lord bless you, and uh, we thank you so much for that.
3: Thank you for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is a listener-supported program, and we would not be on the air without the support of our listeners, like you. In preparation for the coming of Christmas, we would like to offer a daily readings for Advent by John Piper. These 25 brief devotional readings from John Piper begin on December 1st, and carry us to Christmas Day. We pray, that God would use these readings to deepen and sweeten our adoration of Jesus, this December and keep Him as the center and greatest treasure of your Christmas season the candles and candies have their place, but we want to make sure that in all the coming Christmas rush and hubbub, we adore Jesus above all. To order your copy, please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario L2R7A7 or in the US, Box 2010, Buffalo, New York. Thank you for your continued faithfulness.
0: Yeah. stay Today's message is from the Honorable Ernest C. Manning. Printed copies are available upon request.
1: Christ once said to the people of his day, When ye see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway ye say, there cometh a shower, and so it is. And when ye see the south wind blow, ye say, there will be heat, and it cometh to pass. Ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that ye do not discern this time? God evidently intends that people should be able to discern the signs in the skies of time that indicate what we may expect to happen in the future. They're called in the scripture the signs of the times. Our ability to interpret the significance of the things we see developing in the world around us depends on our knowledge of what the future holds in store. That's why God gave us the prophetic scriptures. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and that includes the prophetic scriptures. God is omniscient. He knows every detail of the future and exactly when and how it will take place. In the prophetic scriptures he has revealed the events of the future to the extent it is good for us to know. We do well to discover and give heed to what he has revealed. Christ rebuked those who were prone to doubt the authenticity of what God had made known through his chosen prophets. He said to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. The apostle Peter was inspired to write to those who are of Christ's church today. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. A few weeks ago I asked if you would be interested in examining the prophetic significance of some of the trends and events in world affairs which are evident today. Your letters indicate many of you would be, and that such analysis would be helpful in the decisions we all must make in the light of what is taking place. In seeking to respond to your interest, there are three things we must keep in mind. First, we must guard against trying to be wise about what is written. That is, we must avoid unwarranted dogmatism when interpreting prophecies which give only a partial revelation of events to come. The Apostle Paul reminds us that at best we see through a glass darkly, and know only in part. Two, there are no Bible prophecies remaining to be fulfilled before the removal of Christ's redeemed church from this earth. His predicted personal appearing to take his church unto himself is the next Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. That glorious event may take place at any hour of any day, and when it does, every Christian who has died will be resurrected, and every living believer changed and given a glorified resurrection body without having died. Then altogether we will be caught up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye to meet the Lord in the air. Henceforth to be forever with him. Whatever you do, make certain you are ready for Christ's appearing. If you've never done so before, open your heart and life to him today and receive him and his eternal salvation now while the opportunity still is yours. And Three, after the church is removed, a whole sequence of Bible prophecies will be fulfilled in the period between the translation of the church and Christ's second coming to set up His millennial kingdom of heaven on this earth. Because many of the events which will take place in that period are of world magnitude and importance, it is understandable that during the latter years of this present church age there will be the world developments necessary to pave the way for what God predicts will take place after Christ's church is removed. It is well said that coming events cast their shadows before them. If we are observant, we will see certain trends developing in world affairs in advance of the stupendous events foretold for the future. We do well to keep our eyes open to detect such trends as they emerge. They are the signs of which Christ spoke when he said we should be able to discern the signs of the times. I believe we can profit from taking a close look at some of the significant trends developing today in the international political sphere, in the economic and financial sphere, and in the religious sphere. Let's make a start today and we'll carry on in future talks, God willing. Let's begin with the international political scene. One of the very significant recent developments is the upheaval taking place in the communist nations, particularly the USSR, Poland, and the Baltic countries. In the Baltic countries, which have been under communist domination for half a century, there is today a great upsurge of public demand for independence and an open revolt against Communist control. A few years ago such demonstrations for political freedom would have been ruthlessly crushed by Soviet military might. Today, while there are still verbal threats and warnings, there is no direct Soviet military intervention. Poland, for the first time in 40 years, has won the right to at least partial free and democratic elections, resulting in the installation of the first non-communist government in four decades. The most significant development of all is currently going on within the Soviet Union itself. The political reforms proposed and introduced by Mikhail Gorbachev would have been unthinkable ten years ago. The election of dissidents to the Supreme Soviet, the tolerance of public and media dissent, and public criticism of the Soviet government, the removal of many of the restrictions on freedom of speech and movement, and the new attitude towards the democratic nations of the Western world, especially the United States, which until recently was regarded and reviled by the Soviet Union as the embodiment of decadent imperialism and the arch enemy of world communism. At this point in time, we do not know all the reasons behind this dramatic change. It would be naive to think that communism has undergone a genuine conversion to the principles of democracy and individual freedom. What seems the most probable cause of the dramatic change is the failure of the communist economic system and its obvious inability to provide for the material needs of the Soviet people. It is a classic example of the inability of any socialistic form of society to operate an efficient economy. Socialistic bureaucracies may be successful distributors, especially of other people's wealth, but the restrictions they impose on individual initiative and enterprise make it impossible for them to develop and maintain an adequate level of production to meet the needs of their people. It seems evident that under communism, the Soviet economy has become a national disaster. There is at last recognition of the necessity for fundamental change and the adoption of an economic structure patterned after the Western democracies, and that realization is driving the Soviets into a new, more open relationship with those they have long denounced as imperialistic capitalists. If this current trend continues, in the future the Soviet Union will be much more closely allied with the Western democracies than could have been imagined a few years ago. It is this trend that has a definite prophetic significance. In the Old Testament book of Daniel chapter 8 there is an interesting prophecy foretelling a major future conflict between the Eastern and Western Hemisphere nations after the church has been removed. In a vision, the prophet saw two beasts, one a ram, the other a he-goat. He says in Daniel 8, 3 and 4, I lifted up mine eyes and saw a ram which had two horns, and the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward. He obviously was coming from the east. So that no beast might stand before him, neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, that he did according to his will and became great. Now what have we here? Beasts are used symbolically in the scriptures to represent temporal or political powers. The Antichrist repeatedly is referred to as the beast. The ram apparently represents a future eastern political power block. He had two horns. Horns are used symbolically to represent political entities or powers. In Revelation 13, the Antichrist is described as a beast having ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns. He'll be the head of a ten-power confederacy. The ram Daniel saw had two horns, and the higher of the two came up last, Evidently, the ram represents a combination of two eastern powers, one of which gained a position of greater power than the other over a period of time. Now look at verses 5 to 11. As I was considering, behold, a he-goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground. Evidently, his military technology will enable him to wage aerial warfare. Rather interesting in the light of what we're hearing today about Star Wars technology. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Verse 6. And he came to the ram that had two horns and ran into him in the fury of his power. And he was moved with choler against him and smote the ram and brake his two horns and stamped upon him. And there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Now this seems to indicate a future major conflict between a union of two eastern powers and the combined military aerial might of western nations united under one command represented by the single notable horn of the he-goat. The conflict apparently will result from a policy of aggressive expansionism on the part of the two eastern hemisphere nations. The ram was pushing westward and northward and southward until the Western nations united under the one horn to halt the aggression. God willing, we'll develop this in greater detail next week. But before we close, let me call your attention to verses 8 to 11, which describe the aftermath of the Western Hemisphere's victory. We read, The he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong that is, recovered from the conflict, the great horn was broken, and for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great. In verse 11, this horn is personified. It says, He magnified Himself. And by Him, the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of His sanctuary was cast down. This clearly identifies the little horn as the future Antichrist who, as we noted in previous studies, is the one who will take away Israel's temple worship and daily sacrifice, precipitating what Christ said will be the greatest period of persecution and suffering Israel has ever known. Now, The Antichrist is directly linked in Bible prophecy to Gog and Magog the chief prince of Meshik and Tubal, which are all Russian place names. The significant thing is that this future resurgence of Soviet power linked with the Antichrist arises from a division of the Western Hemisphere powers following their successful thwarting of future Eastern Hemisphere aggression. Evidently, the Soviet power bloc of nations will unite with the Western democracies under the one great horn of the he-goat to successfully block aggression on the part of the Eastern Hemisphere two-par Union represented by the ram with the two horns. But after the East-West conflict, the Union will break up and the Soviet power block will again be on its own as one of the four world powers that will emerge from the breakup of the union represented by the he-goat with the one horn. Now until very recently, it would have been difficult to believe that the USSR and their satellite communist nations would ever unite with the United States and other Western democracies as allies under one supreme command. But the recent developments would show a trend towards an ever closer relationship with the free world. Throw a new light on the whole situation and give new significance to Daniel's prophecy of the union of nations represented by the he-goat with the one horn. I see our time is gone and we'll have to leave more detailed development of this matter till next week. I hope you'll be with us again at your radio. But I remind you as we close that these significant recent developments make clear that the pieces rapidly are falling into place to make possible the literal fulfillment of the many prophecies concerning the future realignment of nations and the emergence of the Antichrist on the world scene. The important thing is for you to be ready when Christ appears to remove his church before these future troubled times come on those who will be left behind. Now The only way you can be ready is to acknowledge your sinfulness and need of God's forgiveness and open your heart and life to Jesus Christ who died for your sins in your place on the cross and receive him and his salvation while the opportunity still is yours. You have that opportunity now as our invitation hymn is sung. Don't miss it. Remember whether your eternal destiny will be heaven or hell depends on your decision. May God help you.
3: We extend our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you for tuning to this radio broadcast today. Your presence and attentive listening have truly made a difference. Today's message was a testament to the power and beauty of Jesus Christ and the eternal truths found within the Bible. We sincerely hope that these messages have touched your hearts, illuminated your minds, and enriched your Christian walk. For those of you who may not yet know Jesus Christ, we humbly pray that these messages and broadcasts serve as guiding light, leading you to an understanding of the profound truth and the wisdom encapsulated in the Bible. May they stir curiosity with you, prompting a sincere search of understanding of the Gospel and your personal connection with our Savior. In preparation for Christmas, we would like to offer a daily readings for Advent by John Piper. These 25 brief devotional readings from John Piper begin on December 1st, and carry us to Christmas Day. We pray that God would use these readings to deepen and sweeten our adoration of Jesus, this December and keep him as the center and greatest treasure of your Christmas season. The candles and candies have their place, but we want to make sure that in all the coming Christmas rush and hubbub, we adore Jesus above all. To order your copy, please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario L2R7A7 or in the US, Box 2010, Buffalo, New York. Thank you for your continued faithfulness. Good day! If you, your friends from church, or family members are interested in more information about short-term or career ministry opportunities, or seeking someone to come to your church, or a group to speak about international missions, please call 866-483-5787 in Canada or 888-900-5048 in the United States or on the web visit www.missiongo.org. So we can share more information.